This episode is powered by Poddex. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking Bob Podcast. I'm your host, Afonshise, and joining me momentarily is the one and only Biko. I know it's kind of interesting. It's currently, at the time of this recording, it's Wednesday. Um, pretty much today's episode is going to be pretty much a review episode. Um, I do want to highlight some things that are happening as of this recording. Um, I do want to mention today is Sonic's 30th birthday. So this is their anniversary. I know Sega has been planning a lot of like things for the IP of Sonic right now, especially with the um, remastering version of Sonic Colors that's coming out for the Switch, for the PS4, and the Xbox One. Um, they did announce a collaboration with Netflix with Sonic Prime. I know there's some leak concept art that's been leaking online. Of what Sonic Prime is going to be. It's like the new series by, um, that's coming out soon from, Net- from Netflix. And um, another one that's, of course, I just saw today was, of course, um, Sonic Minecraft now. So Sonic is officially made, has officially invaded the Minecraft universe. So if you have Minecraft, the Sonic DLC should be coming out shortly. So you get to have Sonic and his friends basically in Minecraft form. Um, other than that, I mean, like I said, and they did tease for the next Sonic game that's going to be coming out, the next IP, but like I said, you know, everything's all previews and stuff, but I want to say, you know, being a Sonic fan for so many years, before we get into this review episode, I did want to do a big shout out to Sonic, because honestly, I'm, you know, still a fan of Sonic, and pretty much, you know, like I said, I had Nintendo, but of course, Sega, I don't know, something about Sonic kind of pieced me, because, you know, I grew up as a Nintendo kid, but, you know, playing Sonic on Sega Genesis kind of, like, opened my horizons. And this character became synonymous with the 90s. It's 90s culture at its best. This was, like, Sega's, like, you know, way to rebrand themselves to find new mascots who compete with Nintendo, pretty much. Um, and, of course, Sonic was born right? before he was Project Nino, Nino Mouse. And eventually became Sonic. And, of course, you know, I collect the comics right now, especially... Um, 
I collected the comics when it was public, published by Archie. And now, of course, you know, that run ended years ago. Now, I'm currently collecting, I'm still collecting Sonic, so I'm still collecting comics. So, even though I'm more of a manga person now, because my transition has been shifted from, like, comics to manga, I still have a subscription to the Sonic the Hedgehog series that's published by IDW, which is really cool because um, they pretty much bring back some... Writers in here, of course, Ian Flynn's back with the latest arc right now. And what I like about this is pretty much they reboot the Sonic universe. Pretty much they left the Archie universe, um, which pretty much left on a cliffhanger and decided to start fresh when Sega sold the rights to IDW, licensing rights. And what's cool is this takes place after Sonic Forces, which currently, if you were able, if you have a PlayStation owner, it was one of the free games available for PlayStation Plus like months back. And pretty much takes place after that. What's cool is, not only has character the aftermath of Sonic Forces, but you get introduced to new characters like Tangle Whisper, and of course you see some other new villains along the way, and of course you see characters from like other video games. I know a lot of people are asking, what about the Freedom Fighters? Um, I don't know if Sega still owns the intellectual property to those. Maybe they will make an appearance, but it depends how much the demand is. I know Ian Flynn. Used to work on the Sonic series when it was under the Archie umbrella. But right now, he's back as the head writer. I know Evan Stanley did a phenomenal job, you know, with the writing so far. His art, his writing is really good. I mean, the artwork is great. They get a lot of, like, talented artists to come and, you know, pen the covers, do the pencils inside the story. And what I like about it, it's just one narrative. It's not broken down to, like, how the Archie was where you had the main plot, then you had these side stories. It's all... One general narrative. Um, there are a couple like mini series that you can look into to expand upon the story, but you always do callbacks to the main series. So just pick it up right now. You can pick up Sonic the Hedgehog right now. This is issue number forty-one, and it's the most recent one that came out. But you can go check your local comic book store. They and order start collect them in graphic novel form. Of course, IDW, one of the main you know publishers when it comes to comics. You know, Ninja Turtles are under the umbrella of IDW as well, which I need to get into. But definitely out. And like I said, if you're a big Sonic fan, of course, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the film, is wrapping up production soon. It will be out. It looks like it's going to be slated for next year. Um, they are introducing Knuckles into the Sonic universe. Of course, Tails as well. So we get to see those two join the movie universe due to the success of the first film. And of course, you know, um, if you go on Paramount Plus, they do have... The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and the Sonic the Hedgehog Sandy Mario cartoon. The ones I grew up with in the 90s. And of course, um, there's the OVA, which you could probably find on YouTube, that Sega made with Toei. Uh, not with Toei, but I forgot what production studio they, they work with. Um, but if you're a fan of Sonic X, you can actually experience that on Hulu, either in dub form, if you want the 4Kids version, or the Japanese version, which is the uncut version. Pretty much the better version, honestly. Um, even though, yeah, because I actually watched Sonic X like sub, and it was cool. Even Sonic speak English sometimes on there too, so it's kind of cool hearing his Japanese voice because the actor who voices Sonic does his voice for the video games. So he mostly had the Japanese cast who did the video games do the character voices, and of course, you know, when four kids had Sonic at the time, Sonic X. They had the character that the characters did the dub version do the video games for a while until they switched over. And also, too, um, Roger Craig 
Smith is back as Sonic. He has first he retired from the character, but now he, due to popular demand, he is back. He's ready to work on a new Sonic IP. So, yeah, I just want to do a quick shout out to Sonic. And, you know, like I said, happy 30th anniversary, Sonic. Hopefully, his popularity does not wane. He's still a recognizable character. I mean, up there with, like, with Mario or Crash Bandicoot or Ratchet and Clank. He's up there. Honestly, he's like a Hall of Famer when it comes to, like, video game history. So, Biko, you have any thoughts on Sonic before we move on to our main topic today? Um, no, not really. I think it's just another thing to add to his uh, collection. Um, he says this is a show, right? Sonic Prime? Yeah. Yeah, the way it looks like, um, like I said, I, I, earlier today I saw some costume that was leaked online. It's not, like, it's Sonic Prime it's called, but I think it's going to be, like, it's by Men of Action are working on it. The group Ben of Action, they're like a group of writers that did like, you know, Big Hero 6. Um, they worked on the Avengers vs. Minus Heroes, that anime show. So they're pending, you know, the story for Sonic Prime. And it looks like the way it looks like it's going to pretty much show not only main Sonic, but like other versions from different like timelines. But it looks like it because there was a concept of Amy from the Caveman days or Sonic in this one universe. But Sonic is still like... His friends are on there. The only one that says so far has not confirmed is the Knuckles and everybody else so far. Like I said, this is early concept art, so I mean, we'll see in the final stages, but I think it's supposed to come out next year, I believe. Because it's still in production right now. But I know the film comes out next year. Mm. So, yeah, definitely check that out. And, yeah. Um, so, like I said, um, today is going to be like a review episode. Um, today we're actually going to talk about, discuss, um, the recent, uh, Disney Pixar film that was released last week. Hopefully you guys had a chance to see it over the weekend. Um, the film is called Luca. It was released on Disney Plus. So, pretty much, just a fair warning, guys, there are going to be spoilers for the film. So, if you have not seen it yet, uh... Take your time and see the film first, and then come back and listen to our review. Because it's going to be pretty much spoiler given. So, because we're going to break down the film pretty much, you know, what the what the backstory is, what the Easter eggs were, you know, what we like about the film, what we dislike the film, how we compare it to other Pixar films. But like I said, we are going to warn you ahead of time, it is going to be spoiler. Spoilers. Let's say that one more time. Spoilers, so... Like I said, if you have not seen the film, come back after you finish watching the film, come back to this episode, and listen to our review. Alright? Alright, to kick it off, like I said, um, this is the most recent Pixar film after, you know, Soul came out last year during Christmas, and Luca was the next one to being teased, which I remember seeing, like, the concept art for it. It was an interesting story, because I like how Pixar now is, like, how they're changing their focus on, you know, try to expand their creativity when it comes to, like, you know, they did a great job with Coco, and, you know, now with Soul, you know, try to explore these other cultures and stuff. <sighs> I mean, with this yeah. one, with Luca itself, it's like, it's like paying, almost like, um, the way it is, it looks like it's like, almost, you know, the way they're describing it, it's like coming in age story. And, um, you know, like one of those coming age stories where, you know, the pain protagonist, you know, has a goal or something. They try to work hard to get to that goal. And sometimes some obstacles go on along the way. 
Um, with this one, this particular story, um, like I said, it came out this year. I'm going to read the little premise of it. And pretty much says here, it's set in the Italian Riviera between the 1950s and 60s. And the film centers on Luca Paguro, a sea monster boy with the ability to assume human form when on land. Who explores the town of Portoroso with his new best friend Alberto Scorfano, experiencing a life-changing summer. Uh, that's then, of course, you know, and it's like, like I said, it's directed by um, Enrico Casarosa, who pretty much took a lot of inspiration from him. Like he said, he took a lot of it from what he grew up in, like in Italy as a kid, like one of those like coastal cities in Italy. Those coastal towns where pretty much like fish trade and stuff is like real popular and stuff. And of course the whole Legend of Sea Monsters got to me. I think it's more like an inspiration for like like Little Mermaid or something or that's pretty much what that is. But what he described was pretty much um, inspired by like Hayao Miyazaki and pretty much he tried to pay tribute to like, you know, Federico Fellini, like a lot of Italian filmmakers as well. Like little Easter eggs and that and stuff. So pretty much, you know, pretty much go over the film itself. You know, pretty much starts off, you know, with, you know, Luca Pagaro is like telling you, like it first starts with like this ship. It's like a storm and stuff. And, you know, then these sailors and stuff are out of the sea. And then, of course, they talk about like sea monsters because they think they're like myths or something. One person believes they're real. So like the whole thing about sea monsters that like, they eat people or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like their mission like, to kill them and stuff. And of course, there's name music, of course, opera. I mean, that's one thing about it. And of course, you know, there's a storm, and all of a sudden, you know, one of the records like capsizes and falls into the ocean. And of course, and then of course, it goes under the sea. And all of a sudden, it switches now to now we hear um, Luca's voice. He starts narrating, and pretty much, um, and explains what he is. He's a sea monster, and and pretty much he spends his days pretty much helping his parents by herding goat fish. So seeing uh, fish like goats was like what? And like even to the point of like Bleh. I'm like what the heck? But it's like really colorful. I mean, and the way I mean it's an interesting concept because like I said, this is something that a new direction that Pixar's doing. It's like a new direction. And, like I said, with Coco, you know, they capture, you know, the Mexican culture where you're the day of the dead. And, of course, soul was about, you know, the person's, the human soul, like the concept of the soul, but also, like, music as well. How music, you know, helps the soul. Which I did like that as well. Um, because it talks about also, like, jazz and all that stuff, too, as well. But with this one's, like, more, like you said, like I said, it's, you know, try to be wholesome, family film. But with a message. And pretty much, you know... Uh, pretty much, uh, like I said, and he... The Luca pretty much, like, that's what he does, like, every day. But he's, like, fascinated with the surface. But his folks keep telling him, no, you can't go to the surface, you know, it's bad, you know. They're not going to accept you or anything. So he gets that fear built into him that pretty much, you know, the surface is bad, stay in the ocean. You know, his grandma's like, I've been there a few times. <laughs> like, his grandma's like, I've been there up there a few times. And, of course, he runs into, like, stuff from the outside world. He sees, like, one day he ends up seeing, you know, 
the record player or something and stuff, and they become so fascinated with like Cuban culture and stuff. Because, like I said, you know, sometimes you know it's like us when we're stuck in one place, you know, and we see something like in magazines or surfing online, and you, you become fascinated. And of course, you, of course, you have people that pretty much you know tell you I'll say, "Oh, it's bad" and stuff until you experience yourself. Yeah, but you get built in on that fear. So, pretty much, of course, he finds somebody, like, then he runs into this person in a diving suit, who's walking around thinking it's a human, but finds out that it's an RC monster like him. And, pretty much, the, the, the RC monster's name is Alberto Scorfano, so supposedly, according to him, he's been on land so many times, apparently, he and his dad... His dad pretty much they're on this little island. I guess it's the island there where Luca is, and pretty much he goes and and then pretty much when Luca goes up, he realizes that he has the ability to take on human form when he goes to surface. At first, he had nightmares about going up there, a fear of being you know killed or something, and then goes up there and he gets like I said that fish out of water look, and he finds out he's here and like he sees that. The guy, the kid, like, Alberto, pretty much, you know, he turns into a human. He's like, what the heck? And then he does it himself. And it's funny. It's like, it was hilarious when he had to teach him how to walk and stuff because they're not used to it. Well, because, well, no, it's you're you're leaving out an important part on that. And just like how you mentioned with the coming of age. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it starts off that way. And it, and this is, can go within my gripes for later on but uh about the movie but it's it's a pretty simple premise in in the sense that like he uh luca he's always been told one way of living life and just and you know just to keep it's like when you're a child right you're you're i was i don't know comparing to how kids are raised this this time i doubt it's the same as it was back foot to us but like uh I can assume that our parents are like they kind of give you your your basic your basic guidelines around the area you live in and just saying like hey you don't go past this street and essentially we get the same thing with Lucas' parents their parents are very much watchful like he has this they present this sea life this underwater sea life very similar to how humans are experiencing it except Luca never understood that because he never went beyond the ocean's surface mm-hmm. uh, he's only seen the underworld. And obviously, him being a kid who wants to listen to his parents and be a good kid. Yeah, but he also parents. has that curiosity. Yeah, like it's hard to get that curiosity from him because he was always questioning, well, this can't be the only thing. And then his own curiosity led him to meeting Alberto and so on. So, like, the main premise is essentially like a childhood boy kind of learning what the real world actually is outside of the ocean mm-hmm. and his parents being so scared about it that it kind of which we see time and time again that this could curve people's growth by I guess putting it's like it, it shows kind of like it gives you a good example of helicopter parents so yeah his Lucas parents are basically helicopter parents of the sea and and I think Alberto giving him confidence and showing him like you mentioned how to walk it was like the first step that showed that oh this movie is it runs along the lines of like a lighthearted comedy so like we see Luca kind of learning the ropes from Alberto as they kind of build this friendship and it, it 
it gives you that perfect sense and it, it takes you instantly back when you meet your first friend or someone you build confidence with and you spend every time with basically how kids spend the summer maybe hanging out with kids in their neighborhoods and befriending them throughout the whole you know they get to see each other every day so we get to see that um knowing that alberto is also the same type of creature as luca is there we're impl- it's implied that they're sea monsters they just never really say it to them it shows around it's the, the name they were given yeah it's just the name they're given just like our walking dead we we know they're zombies but in that universe they're referred to as walkers because they just don't, they want to be different so in this case it's the same thing like they're referred to as sea monsters we're living in a world where supposedly i guess this is italy because like you mentioned it kind of pixar wants to follow that sort of thing they've laid out to where they're presenting cultures in a more uh i want to say kid kid version way of that makes it more swallowable for the general audience or people like we get a a fresh vision of what it means to be living in Italy but it's also my gripe with the movie that um, well, and we can compare them and Coco all day but just the as far as the synopsis go we just kind of follow Luca around as he kind of explores his new surroundings that's mainly the gist of it and, and the plot kind of goes from there right it's mainly just him kind of learning the ropes on how to how to be a human being within Porto Rosso but also like maintaining his identity that he's still a sea monster and then as he kind of learns how to be more human-like and also learn more about alberto and the new uh what's her they they run across what's her name is it juliana oh julia i think is julia julia uh um is a is a person that gets introduced to us as like uh is a Puerto rosso resident and someone who uh i guess helps them in a way because they're trying to run away from the Vespa guy and like they're oh yeah the Vespa guy yeah, we'll so get to Al- Al- Alberto and Luca their main mission really is just to get a Vespa because and they travel both the are world. so in, yeah are so enthralled by a Vespa and they want to just travel the world so it's because they see the, want to run it's away. because they see the posters and things because like I said it's the festival because like I said first like he runs into Alberto Alberto's pretty much show him how to walk and stuff then he sees that Alberto's like collecting Shit, it's overheating. Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, it overheated. Sorry, guys, I said a little. Sorry, guys. My computer's fucking freaking out. Can you restart it? Sorry, uh. You can't put the volume down or anything? No, this is just the computer's hardware. Go ahead. Oh, All right. Shit, that was weird. Okay, sorry guys, a little technical difficulties. But like I said, um, pretty much you know, pretty much um, like with Luca with Alberto himself, like Luca, like I said, he's the curious breaver, and you know, like I said, running into Alberto, and then we find out Alberto like his, pretty much lived on this little island. Sorry guys. Uh, like I said, going who like going back to Alberto. Like like I said, he Luca runs into him and pretty much you know 
come finds out that he's been collecting like you know different things for years, and pretty much he lived on this island with his dad, and pretty much his dad pretty much. By the way, it looks like I think his dad either abandoned him, or he got killed. I mean, it's never implied, but like you said, he lives on this island called Asola de Mare. Um, I yeah, like I said, it's like an island um, near Puerto Rosso, and pretty much like Alberto says, like he lives with his dad and. Um, pretty much he collects a lot of things, be fascinated with the different culture, and of course, you know, they come across, like, him and Luca come across, like, Luca sees, like, he has a poster of a Vespa, and that's where they got this idea, this crazy idea, let's go ahead and, and see what things we can find, and try to build ourselves a Vespa, and, and it's fine when they're doing, like, their little test runs and stuff, and they had the little makeshift ramp, and it's like, every time they try to get better, it always ends up breaking apart and stuff. And like I said, every day he sneaks out, and it's fine when he's sneaking out from his folks. Um, because Luca has to go back before it gets dark, and then Alberto just stays at his little like tower thing, and then um, he goes and sneaks in, sneaks back home. Luckily, his grandma's covering for him and stuff, and then um, because I think his grandma wanted him to get like sea cucumbers or something, and then um, yeah, his his grandma wants him to kind of be a kid. Like his grandma's like she understood him. She understood because like apparently she's been up there. <laughs> yeah, she's had, she's been around the block, and her family. And, uh, we don't know what the relation is as far as whether it's his dad's or his grandma or his mom's mom, but it's kind of. It's, I was like fifty fifty probably. Yeah, it's shown that like they. So like I guess as far as the parents being involved in this, it's mainly they're they're used as a like a vehicle for them to kind of add some conflict into Luca's life as far as not getting found by them because he was told not to go up there and they did they were gonna send him to the deep. So oh yeah, that, that's just kind of like the impending. They find out that, that he's been sneaking out because he ended up using yeah. like this rock. So they end up finding sneaking out and apparently um, because they find out that he's been sneaking up to the surface every day, helping Alberto build his Vespa, and until finally, you know, it got to a breaking point where they're gonna pretty much send him to the deep, pretty much the deep ocean, you know, the dark deep ocean, when we run with Lorenzo's brothers Ugo, which pretty much played by Sasha Baron Cohen, and it's hilarious because his brother's like he's one of those like deep water fish, he has a little bull he's bite. An he's an angler fish. An angler fish. So I kind of like how they are all like inspired by different fish and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it had your um. And it's why he's trying to talk to him, and he has a heart attack. He's like, punch this hard. You gotta punch really hard <laughs> or something. And he punches hard really hard, so he can. And then he kept talking again, and um, he got a point. You know, yeah, he gets upset. You know, he wants to see the outside world, so he ends up running away basically, and he sneaks out. Runs away and so runs into Alberto to say, Hey Alberto, my parents won't send me to deep, I'm not gonna see you again. Let's make a break for it. And he's like, Hey, let's look for a Vespa because you know their fish have been if we're not. And they're like, Hey, let's go see Mr. Vespa, Senior Vespa, and see they end up going to the town of Puerto Rosa, which That's where we can find them, yeah. So they end up going there and of course, you know they you know, like I said, even though they assume from horn, they're still fish out of water. They don't know how to interact with people because it's like They've only stuck... Uh, Alberto's only stuck away from... Whatever stuff he collected, yeah. Yeah. He, stuff that he collected over the he years. He goes very... Not, he goes in and out. Like, he's he's very mission-derived when he goes and interacts with humans. And it's still very limited to what he has gathered over the time that he has on the island. But, like, we, we see that, like, even with them 
their mission with finding the Vespa coexists with um, Ercole, who is the is the very soft antagonist to the story. He's not really antagonist. He's just kind of like this guy that participated in a race that's sort of an asshole. Essentially, he's he just happens to have the Vespa because he keeps he's the returning champion of this Portoroso race. Yeah, Portoroso Cup, year. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, the race cup, and it's for this pasta company that ha- that hosts it, sponsors it. it. Yeah, yeah, and so like. He he's smug. Ercole, Ercole and and Julia are very like they're they're nemesis. They, it, it's it's shown in the beginning right when they're right introduced into the story. Um, it's given that. But Ercole before we get to like that meeting each other, pretty much we had to find out how they run into each other. Pretty much, and of course, like I said, Alberto and and Luca, you know, they're walking around and stuff, and apparently they. Oh, they knock over his Vespa, right? Pretty much, they run into it, and then no, they see, they see it. They they don't run into. It. They see it just unabandoned because he shows up into the middle of whatever that plaza was. Oh yeah, and he's the, at the, the cafe. cafe. He's gonna eat sandwich, and they see the big ass sandwich. Oh my yeah. god, dude! Like that was the most. I guess it was like Italian hoagie or something. It's like Italian. It's just a sandwich. I don't. And that's okay. That's another. I don't want to get into the gripe section of what I have for. So yeah, then he's got his um his two like I guess is like henchmen. Yeah, it's just like henchmen friends. or just his friends. Yeah. But you could tell he's like the leader because they're like, and then of course like they touch the Vespa. It's like, what are you doing? They're like senior Vespa. He's like, senior Vespa. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. And and like, no, it's like you got to earn it or something. And and that's when he tells them about the race. And that's when they that's when they're like, oh, this is how we win the race. It's it, to get the, this is how we get the Vespa. We just have to beat the race. And of course, you know, he decides. Of course, he's the bully. He decides to pick on him and stuff. Yeah. Because they knocked over his Vespa. So. Um, of course, it leads them to almost close to the fountain. And of course, you know, what happens when they get wet? Because the one thing we forgot to mention, if they get wet with any type of water, it converts them back to their regular forms. That's, yeah. That's it, the downside of it, yeah. So yeah. It, it does come at a price. I mean, it can be seen form, but it's like you can't get wet, then they reveal like they're more. And so we see like this young girl named Julia who pretty much, um, Pretty much comes and saves them. Pretty much, you know, while you're picking on them. Yeah, she gets Urkel off their back for a bit, and and um, they kind of just they they build this friendship from there. And she tells them about the race since since she's from Puerto Rosso, and she kind of fills them in about like about Ercole and the history of the race and why it's so important and how it's important to her. And so they kind of link up because they they both share a similar mission. Um, they both need to get the, win the Vespa at the race. She just wants to win the race to stop Ercole from winning all the time and cheating. And his, as she mentions, his reign of terror. So that's her. That's his. That's her nemesis. And so they help each other out. And within, we get to see them kind of contribute and coexist more with Porto Rosso life. And and oh my God, they're her dad. Yeah, <laughs> her dad's hilarious. Their dad, Massimo, and it's funny. And um, it's because they find out that. She's loading fish and stuff. So they find out her dad's a fisherman. It's like, what your dad does? And they see him chopping. Like, yeah, she takes him to, like, because they, like, she sees him as out of timers. You know, you're here for, like, they think, oh, you're visiting for the summer or something. You're here for the race. And that's when she just tells him more about it. And she's like, hey, you got no place to stay. Just come with me. I'll talk to my dad and see if it's cool. And of course, they went to her dad and they find out her dad's, like, a fisherman. And they saw him cutting the heads off the fish. And they're all, like, freaking out. And a freaking cat, dude, Machiavelli. Like, <laughs> what the? And them trying to fit in because, like I said, like you said, Beagle, like they don't have like it's all based on pictures and stuff, so they don't have much of human interaction. 
And they don't understand why this is so, like, important and all this stuff, like the symbolism for human. Like, so they, they're learning all the aspects of Julia and we get to see them kind of, um, little moments that are, like, that, that really contribute to, like, I guess the coming of age experience that some people may have experienced there. And, and we, we get a montage of that, basically, and, and, and Luca trying to, well, one, uh, try to avoid his family finding him or, and, and thinking that they won't ever find him there, but they do. And, and so I just, that's like the main thing is that it leads to, it leads to them, to him kind of, well, one, trying to escape his parents finding him Two, them trying to practice for the race for the vest to learn how to, uh, because it's a three part race. It's a, yeah. It's um, like, yeah. Uh, going eating, like it's um, cycling and swimming. It's swimming. It's yeah. Here, I got the information though. Yeah, it's the Potrosa Cup triathlon. It's like a triathlon, pretty much. And the, yeah. it's the prize money will at least give them enough to buy a vest. But of course, the one they look at it's like all junky stuff. Yeah, it's late. fucked up, but it's but they, it's, it's what it has beauty in it. But then, it. like I said, it's three things. It's three different races. So it's like um, swimming laps, eating pasta, and riding a bike through a town. And you can compete as a team. So you can't compete together as a team, and each person can of the team can like pretty much compete in the competition. So you can have a team. Each person can you can pick your best person. Of course, you know she's like, "Are you guys good swimmers?" And of course, you know they they try to hide it, like, uh, and then of course, oh, yeah, of course, sir. and then Luca tries to do with like the swimming part, um, tries to do the bike riding. So he has to learn how to ride a bike. So it's like, give me the bike race and stuff. So she helps him with that. Well, Alberto will do like the probably the eating pasta thing, and of course, you know, then Julia will end up doing the fishing because apparently she talks, she shares her experience where. Last time she got sick from eating the pasta, and then she got sick during the bike ride. And of course, you know what's his name? Urkel uh, ended up winning, but she knows that he cheats every single time. And then, of course, you know, but first, you know, they need to you have to get an entry so she has to try to convince her dad. She has to convince her dad to, to sponsor him, basically. And like I said, they run to his dad, her dad. And she takes him out for dinner. Find out he's a fisherman. Of course, the cat's suspicious of them and stuff. And they eat the little slapstick on there with the water spilling on them by accident. And they try to hide it, you know, they go on the table and the cat's like, that squinty eyes, like, and Yeah, then, I mean, they, they have to continue to, to do that dance. So, like, we see a lot of... They have to hide who they are and then, you yeah. know, and the dad's like, if you want, if you want to earn, if you want me to sponsor you, then you gotta... Because at first he didn't want the sponsor after what Julia went through, but knowing she has that desire to beat that guy... So he says, okay, I'll do that, but first you guys have to work for it. You have to earn it. So they have to go with him, with their dad in the morning to help fish, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and of course, you know, she, they end up staying in like her little like treetop little pad or something. Yeah, she has like a tree house thing. Yeah, like I said, it's 50, 60s, and then of course, you know. And eventually, you know, the next day to go fishing and stuff. And they're, he's having a hard time, and of course, until Alberto tells him, you know... If you go to this spot, you have a better time, you know, getting fish. But before we get to that, then it's funny with the cat because the cat like starts scratching up Luca and stuff. He falls into the water because <laughs> the cat. Yeah, they just they, they they try to help the dad out because that's kind of their way of repaying him by letting him stay at by that well by the house because they're not technically staying in the house, but he's kind of taking responsibility for them and he's it's 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 a fair trade, you know. He, he and you find out that and, and they, then we find out that Julia's there and. And then Julia explains to him that she's there in the summer with her dad. Like, she helps her dad out in the summer. And then guess in the fall, she ends up going to her mom. So you can tell her folks are probably separated at that time. They're divorced. Yeah. 
They say it in the movie. Yeah. So that's why she's there in the summers helping her dad. In the fall, she lives with her mom. Mm-hmm. In Genoa. So, for school. For school, school and stuff, yeah. So pretty much, like I said, then of course, you know, while they're doing their training, like I said, they have the training montage where they're trying to practice their skills. And they did their test of pasta and stuff. And, you know, Luca, you know, trying to get better at the stand building up stand. I'm going to ride the bike and stuff. And, of course, you know, Urkula, and then, of course, you know, supposedly the rumors of sea monsters start appearing. And again, well, because Urkula kind of saw them. Like a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. when they were at the beach or something. Mm-hmm. When they got wet and then he saw, like, a tail or something. So he gets suspicious and, of course, you know, there's, like, a ward or something. And then it causes a certain town. And then eventually, you know... Then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, like, Luca's parents are getting worried to the point that they decide to go up to the surface and try to find them. Mm-hmm. And they go around, and it's funny to go around wedding kids. Because at first, they didn't know they could transfer to humans either, because they were, yeah, they were, you know, surprised at first. No, they're not surprised. They've done it before. I don't know, because the way they look like they were, like, screaming at each other, like, your hair is that me or something? Is that you? I just don't think they've ever seen each other. I don't think they've ever seen each other in human form. Yeah. I just think they've always went down, and, like, they were separate. But they, like, moved around like it was nothing. They just couldn't find spot the kid. Oh, yeah, they kept wetting people and stuff. That just goes with the inconsistency. That's what I mean. Like, this movie's... Oh, I I don't want to get into that just yet, but... Yeah, I know. We're giving away the story, but it's like, we might as well... No, we're not... I don't want to give away the whole thing, but, like... Because then it takes away the whole point of watching the movie, but... For the most part, we kind of... In general, these Pixar movies, the way Luca Pina plays out is, is the main... They're all working towards the race... And the race happens. So basically, the race is the big. Yeah, thing. the race is the big. But kind also, of too, is like to everything. the relationship between Alberto and Luca gets kind of tested a little bit because Luca becomes more and more fascinated with with human beings, with and, human beings and knowledge. Because then the Jews are the sharing like books. World. Yeah. Well, Alberto's like, what about our goal? Our goal is the Vespa. It's us. You, me, you, not me, you, her. You know. Yeah. Then he gets a little. That's where like the jealousy kind of, like you know, trees the crowd pretty much. Well, yeah, because he didn't want to just learn how to be human and all that shit, what they do. He just, they just want to run away and go to the big, to just stare at the big anchovies in the sky and stuff with the stars, right? But he didn't know. And then that's what Julia kind of helps, sparks Luca's curiosity by introducing him to all these things that humans have discovered about the planet and what they live on. And, and he's so fascinated because he never, you know, his parents are... Withholding him from the truth, and and then he gets and he finds he just continues to explore his own curiosity and learns all this stuff, and I think that's the thing they don't show is that maybe it could have built a res- even more resentment towards his own folks because they were hiding this from him, all this stuff, right? And so, the race is kind of used as like the ultimate uh, climactic vehicle for all the characters to kind of come around against, and and because it's a big race and. We kind of see how it plays out, and and our main characters participate in the race, and it's all good and that. And Luca kind of learns his lessons, and we we you know it's just these I don't know the Pixar movies culminate usually end the same way, right? Always like in a positive ending. So Luca kind of does the same thing, and they all participate in the race, and we kind of see Ercole and how he kind of remains. I want to say the premium candidate in these races as being like the winner because he cheats half the time. <laughs> it's funny when uh, the swimming part, I don't know what he 
he covers his buddy in olive oil. Yeah, it's just oil. The will make him get fast. <laughs> he ends up getting bitten by the, the fish. Other, his, one of his goon guys that participated <laughs> in the race. Yeah, I don't I know what it name. was. I forgot what it was. Yeah, it, was, it had to be olive oil or something. It had yeah. to be some kind of oil or something because he like glad him like I guess it was supposed to make him go faster. Yeah, it did. And then uh, but it did. But all of a sudden, like Julia was swimming. At yeah. first, look, but before we get into the race, like you know, Alberto and. Luca had a fight, basically. The he, you know, Alberto questions uh, Luca, are you still focusing on our goal? And Luca's like, Maybe, you know, it'd be cool to go to school or something or learn yeah. about the world before we go out. Before we go out and travel. Because how are we gonna, you know, travel the world without knowing what to do, you know, how to act or what to do, you know? Without having at least some knowledge. And of course it comes down where Alberto finds out that Alberto was abandoned by his dad. Yeah, he just slept on it. Which, like I said, you could find out in the film, like, how he it came to attention. But, like I said, going back to the race, yeah, going back to the events, like like I said, it's the swimming events, the first one, then the posse, and then, of course, you know, the bike race. And, of course, you know, the fight, um, look at the sides to do the thing on his own instead of them as a team. And so now he's on his own. But it's funny when the swimming event, because now, now we have virtual now, he has to compete for both of them now. So... And, and of course, you know, the swimming part, he can't go in the water because then he ends up wearing the yeah. big diving thing. And he still passes. But, the, like, going back to the one of the um, Hercules, like, buddies, coming in oil, all of a sudden he's getting bitten by a freaking the little fish. <laughs> and the way back, and of course, he finally gets tagged to get a tag your partner in the posse contest. And I don't know what kind of pasta it was, but you get tell us pasta. And, and funny things, they didn't eat pasta without any sauce, dude. I don't know how people can eat. Pasta like that, just boil pasta by itself. I mean, I don't know, that's how they animated it, but... Yeah, it's weird. Didn't put any sauce or anything on it. Yeah. But, of course, you know, that's the thing. And then, of course, Eric tries to hurt his buddy up so they can tag and go ahead. And, like I said, it comes down to the, the big bike race, basically. And, um, pretty much, you know... Gets to a breaking point, and then all of a sudden, a rainstorm happens. A storm suddenly happens, like, oh, shit... It's starting to storm, and now people are going to see who he really is. And, of course, Hercules says, like, sea monster, and they start screaming. He's like, where's my harpoon and stuff? And then, and Julia being, you know, at first, because what happens in, I don't know if she finds out about them first. I don't know. Well, what? Did she find out they were sea monsters or no? No, not until after. Not until the end of the race. No, I think she found out before the race. No, because they were still eating dinner. Yeah, it says here, Judas soon discovers that Luca is a sea monster too at the splashing water over his hand sends away in fear of getting hurt. Okay, so they did, um... Yeah, because they got in a fight and pretty much Alberto just got sick of hiding it. Because he got jealous of Luca and Julia having a relationship as well, like a friendship. So he ends up like feeling himself as a sea monster, and of course, I guess her, and of course Luca decided to play, you know, go with the herd, say, oh, it's a sea monster, ah, you know, get away, you know. And of course, he finds out, she finds out that, you know, Luca was one too, and he runs away as well. Yeah. And that's where he decided to compete in the triathlon as a separate from the team. But like I said, you know, the race, man, that was 
that was cool. Like, I like the way the concept with the bikes and, like, the race and stuff. And, like, just the landscape of the film. But, like I said, I don't want to give away too much of the ending. But you got to see the race guys yourself. But we just want to show you the, the look pretty much. You got to see the bike race. But, overall, um, like I said, it's a really good film. And, like I said, I don't want to give away too much away. You guys got to check it out yourself. But we do want to now get into, you know... What we like about the film? Sure. I personally, I love the film. I love how it's colorful. The characters are wholesome. Um, like I said, Luca with the curiosity, Alberto with that determination, and Julia, you know, want to stick up for the underdogs. Like the personalities were great. You know, I can see the chemistry between the three characters, three characters, and just the scenery and stuff like a seaside town. It's like in Italy, you know. And just, like, the building, the architecture and stuff was inspired, you know, by time, like, those coastal cities in Italy, pretty much. And, of course, you know, I mean, even, like, the way they animated pasta so well, that's, like, <laughs> and, you know, and, like, not someone in tennis coaches, they have football, which pretty much is common everywhere. Football means soccer. Of course, in the States, soccer. But, um, and there were, like, some nods to, like, you know, Italian filmmakers, there was like a bunch of movie posters, of course, like opera was prevalent as well. Gelato, you know, kind of like the little treats. And the one thing I didn't know is, no mention of pizza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that, okay, that's the thing. But the fountains. God, I have more things I don't like about this movie than I do. And then like the fountain and stuff. Right. And just the story itself, because like I said, it's coming of age. And like, it's almost like a Hayao Miyazaki type of film because it's kind of like similar to Ponyo, which I had not seen it. But Pino's like Miyazaki's take on the Little Mermaid. It's like his take on it. Um, but this is like you know, and made the name Porto Rosso was pretty much like a nod to Porco Rosso and our Miyazaki's films. But like I said, the director, he's inspired by you know the different Italian filmmakers, but also Hayao Miyazaki because Hayao Miyazaki, when it comes to these stories, he always does one of these like coming age stories, or like the main protagonist has this goal, and it's just the the things that they had to go through to find achieve that goal. And that was like that love lover to Miyazaki as well. Um, because Hayama Izaki, to me, he's like the spiel when it comes to animation. When it comes to filmmaking, animated filmmaking. And why I think like he's like held the highest regard with his films. And with Studio Ghibli and stuff like My Neighbor Toro. I mean, the music, I mean, the music was great. You know, like I said, to the 50s, 60s, I was like, and then you see like the Vespas. I mean, Vespas are pretty common in Italy. Um, that's one thing too, and like I said, just the story all. I mean, the pacing was kind of like really good as well. I mean, there were some fast parts, but I, like I said, overall, I enjoyed the film. Um, like I said, the cast, I couldn't imagine a better cast than the Hannah or some voices I did recognize in the film, like Maya Rudolph and Jim Gavigan were, were Luca's parents. Um, I mean, they did have some Italian actors doing the voices of the other characters, so they'll try to get that authenticity in there as well. Uh, but I think the Luca and Alberto... Uh, I think it was... Let me see if I can pull up the cast list here. Yeah, Jacob Tremblay was the voice of uh, Luca. Jacob and Tremblay? Jacob Tremblay. Why does that sound familiar? Let me pull him up. Let's see, Jacob Tremblay will pull up his profile. Sounds like a 
Uh, let's take a trampoline. Here we go. You start. Okay, he's only like he's 14 years old now. Um, Canadian actor stars Jack Newsom in Room. Won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Performer. Also had roles as August Pullman, a child with treacher, Colin syndrome, and drama Wonder. He was in the film The Good Boys. Oh, he was in Good Boys. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was in that. Um, Alberto was voiced by Jack Dylan Glazer. Yeah. Emma Berman was Juliana Marcovado, that's his name. Saverio Romando is Urkeli, so Italian actor. Oh, and it says here, even though Romano did the reprises role in the Italian language dubbing of the film. Uh, of course, Maya Rudolph was, you know, the mom. Yeah. The mom. Marco Bardicelli is Massimo Macarvado. Jim Gaffigan is Lorenzo. Like I said, they got some, like, like I said, they got some, you know, Italian actors in here, so it's kind of cool. But like I said, it's... And like I said, it's also, too, what I did like my films, like I said, it's just a test of friendship and stuff. How friendships get tested in the summer. It's like, like I said, hanging out in the summer with your friends, you know, meeting new people, new experiences, and of course, you know, summer is always not, that doesn't last too long. And, of course, you know, the whole... The only thing I did like about too was how, you know, different people are misconceived based on, you know, rumors and stuff. And as you can see in the town, they, were, they had a fear of sea monsters and stuff. That they were a town that they kill sea monsters, apparently, because based on the fountain, you see sea monsters getting killed by, like, a trident or something, or a pitchfork or something, yeah, like a harpoon. Yeah, it's a steamed thing. Yeah, so... Yeah, but other than that, I'm like... I mean, the only thing... I didn't, I mean, to me, and plus, for a picture film, it was kind of a long film. For a picture film. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That was, like, surprising. It was, like, let me see, what was the running time for It was for 144. Uh, 144 minutes? Wow. No, it's an hour and 44 minutes. Wow. That's crazy. It's a lot long, a lot longer than I thought it would be. Um, even after finishing it, uh, I wondered, it went by for a bit. Um, I mean, there's just parts in there that it didn't really need. Yeah, so like I said, I want, uh, let me take, let's go ahead and we'll come back. Uh, let's take a break for, let's do a little ad read real quick and then we'll come back. We'll talk about, you know, what we hate, what what we picked, like what nitpicks of the film, you know, what we didn't like or things we found that should have been done better. So let's take a quick ad break and then when we come back, we'll get into the rest of the review. So don't go away. Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you can want to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. So, like like I said, after seeing like the film, I just want to add one more thing. Um, Like I said, I'll just, like I said, um, just... 
don't know to me like i said the scenery was one thing like i said the music was like just the artwork like the art style yeah the art style was good it's like the, you know that pixar touch um so anything anything you want to add what you liked about the film um i liked i liked the characters the characters are fun um very easy to get into uh i think the sea monster concept with them like when they go into the onto the sea and stuff was really cool the animation transformation of it was very impressive yeah, just the, the, the way yeah. the water looked um the animation in, in here is incredible uh it's it, and i mean it just it's just simply speaks of just how how well pixar does with its team of talent and how they're able to continue to like set the bar as far as like animation goes in the feature films and movies and considering this is one of like I guess it's the second Pixar film to be put onto like um, Disney Plus as a stream yeah, platform and, and, it's, getting and apparently this is the second film that was done mostly remote like they had to do it yeah. at home because of you know COVID. and they can like that's not I and I like that they, they have to emphasize that it's a, the first time they've all had to work remote but let's cut the shit. Like they can, they could have all done remote work from the get go from previous movies in the past. It is nice to see that they that they were able to still come together and make this movie. I mean, and that's the thing is that like for it being for it being done remotely and for having that runtime, I can only imagine the amount of shit they edit out. But like, that's also the the gripe I have with this movie is that I didn't think it needed to be that long compared to other. Pixar movies in the past mm-hmm. considering that um, I think this and I'm not saying it fails like you mentioned the good thing about it is the pacing I think the pacing is done well in this movie yeah that's what I, I did like about it I think the beginning took a while just um, to build up it took a while for it to build up and it did, and it, it sucked because it, uh, it also felt like I was watching Finding Nemo again <laughs> um, a lot of it a lot of the a lot of the similarities from the beginning to the to the end Show in this between Luca and Finding Nemo. Oh my god, I wish Rome was there. She could tell you, but like, we're I was watching it with my partner, and, and they claimed that we're the, within the first five minutes. I'm like, oh wow, this reminds me of Nemo. I'm like, really? Like, maybe not the animation, but certain parts mm-hmm. and the way they react and the, 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 the different ways that Luca Luca's personality shined through very similar to Nemo. And in, in like, one to have that curiosity, the helicopter parent. But in this case, he had two parents. And in Finding Nemo, it was it was I can't remember his name anymore. I think it was um, Mar- Marvin. Yeah, the no, Marlin. Protect- Marlin. Yeah, Marlin. Overprotective parent. Yeah, because remember what happened in Nemo. What's like- the difference with this one? Except they only- this hold one. on, hold on. Let me finish my point. Yeah, go ahead. Alberto's no different. The only difference is they switched the main protagonist having the the family structured onto the other person, and with Finding Nemo. Marlin was his whole point was finding Nemo, right? And he runs into Dory, and Dory is just a person who helps him out and shows him a different perspective on just keeps like don't give up, whatever. But Dory didn't. Have, Dory came out of nowhere. It was the same thing. Alberto came out of nowhere and then breathes this new sense of life into this person, brought some different perspective. But the same like selfishness and stuff that Marlin was showing gets thrown into Alberto's character. So there's a mixture of personality quirks mm-hmm. and how they experience certain things, but they just they they combined it and threw it out to different characters instead of the main protagonist. So I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just that like 
I think I think this was coming considering the part that yes, they they wanted to capture the coast of Italy and all that stuff, and they want and they gave us sea monsters as a character, but they didn't expound too much on like how that transformation happens. We just have to like deal with it, mm. right? We we're not getting a sense yeah. Of, like, I mean that's one thing I wish they like, there's no because I think to me like the beginning okay yeah it started with the shipwreck and stuff and yeah and yeah I. Yeah, to me that was kind of like you know, like they show the 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 fear that that like humans have towards sea monsters, but then it's just like we don't understand. But we understand the what the fear is. Humans. That's the one thing I wish. But I think because they, their fear was built on legends, on stories. Which, yeah. Okay. But the only thing I wish, like I said, I wish you know we had time with the grandma, where the grandma would have like Expound you know explain because yeah. he like, explained like how he transforms. Like she knew how they transformed the humans, but I wish you know at least the grandma had some time. You know, that's the one thing I wish. It's we just, saw more out of her that, you know, explained to Luca, like, hey, this is what happens when you go up the surface and stuff. Like, she knew, like, he, he was sneaking out, doing something else. Because, like I said, she's been up there. Apparently, she has friends up there. So, it's like... Yeah, she has a whole life out there. But, it's like, to me, I wish they would have had more concept. There's other sea monsters within the community, as we see. Yeah. yeah. They're just... It's, it just shows that there shouldn't be any any hate towards both of them because it's just misunderstanding and stuff. And yeah, like I said, that's, that's the one thing. It's It was like also another thing. It's kind of like with Zootopia, how Zootopia was like, based, like, you know, was a social commentary on prejudice. Yeah. And stuff. So, which was a big social commentary and that's why I love Zootopia because it, it took that subject with it all between prey and predators. And here's the same thing. But this is like Pixar. Remember, Zootopia was done by Disney Studios versus this one was done by Pixar. So, it was like their take of it as well. Yeah, there's like their own little little nudge in it as well, like how they feel. When... So like, yeah, the important moral lessons. Um, I think Pixar does uh, a very good, simple. You know, it does the job fine in in this movie. I think they they don't hammer it in too much. It's just they let it, they let you kind of. What I think it works is they let it work well with with the nostalgic feeling of having of of being a kid. I think it works well with that. Mm-hmm. Like Pixar does really well with that, bringing that kind of real world magic and like using these lessons um, and trying to portray that with using a culture as a, a vehicle for that. Um, can we get to the stuff we don't like? Yeah, let's go. Okay, ahead. cool. What I don't like is the fact that they don't really spend too much time on giving us Italy or how it feels to live in this town. They didn't really give us that. They gave us, like, five minutes, and then we're already chopped into, like, Mr. Vespa territory. But, like, that's not a bad thing. It's just that, like, the, that's what I mean. It's, like, the pacing's fine. It's just they didn't do, I think, with using that culture vehicle for giving us a specific region to work with, a culture of people to, to like, kind of immerse ourselves in. Comparing it to Coco, as we're going to use this as a very similar, not story, but similar regional environment that they kind of want to play to. I don't think they did the best job they could have. But at least they, yeah, because I, I but yeah, I don't like the Elise part thing. I just they could have. We're talking about Pixar and Disney. Like, they have so much money to to send teams to go and like spend the week. Like, they are not hurting for money for them to spend to send like their executive producers a week in Italy to live in the seaside town, experience the culture, experience how everyday life is. And then give us a movie out of that. That's what they did with Coco. 
Yeah, I don't so doubt I they didn't send a team to go out to Mexico. At least, to live Co- at, least Co- at least Coco, they explain everything. That's and why they, they like they explain why it here. This yeah, is important. that's why they didn't like that you. With, we didn't like get I said, that with Luca, like Luca's just a sea monster thing that doesn't have any cultural tie to Italy, but it just happens to be that they're by the seaside town that he gets there. That that happens to be the town, and that's what it's fine. But I don't like the happenstance of that because, like, Finding Nemo, for all we know, it could have been taking place in Australia. But the minute we get to the dentist's office, it was like we're in California. And then it never once said, oh, we, we had, oh, and just by the way, they happen to be clownfish living in fucking, the, in fucking San Francisco. Like, they never once said that. And they never once implied it. But when you come with these type of movies, his name is fucking Luca for Pete's sakes. We know that has an Italian heritage as a name. Like, we know that. And the only reason, like, these seahorse, or these seahorse, you see, I'm calling them seahorse, these sea creatures are, like, given Italian names, like Mr. Branzino or something was a, their neighborhood fish. Oh, yeah. Like, they're all the thing, given yeah. Italian Like, that's what I mean. Like, we're giving, we're giving Italian named fish. We're, we're in the seaside town. You would think they would spend more time, like, understanding Julia. And, like, we do get that because Julia is, like, the main focus because that's who the friend they, that's who they befriend. But, like, we never get a much time, like... The only main scene we got was that plaza where they meet uh, Ercole. And that's it. And the same thing when they have the race, it goes through that. The same thing. It's just like, I'm like, well, where are they actually racing? We don't really get a big glimpse onto that Italian. Like, yes, they eat pasta. We know Italians eat pasta. Majority of Americans eat pasta. Like, yeah. And... and and that's what's beautiful about this country is that we are like everyday meals can be from different cultures. And it's yeah, that's why I like about the yeah we're melting pot. Um, but like when it comes to this, like you mentioned, it's weird seeing them not eating sauce. Like we not even a pizza. We we don't get anything like that. And it's just like it's very like bite sized moments. But it's like it kind of it falls short for me given that Pixar did such a great job with Coco and have done it in the past with other movies to present this type of environment that is relatable to the real world we live in. So it's just like, I wish they had done a better job with that. Um, I'm trying to think of another big gripe. Uh, Machiavelli should get more parts. Uh, no, (laughs) that's funny. funny, I wish they did a little, we didn't hear one ounce of them really speaking any Italian. Not much. It, It was mainly like Spanglish, but like, we were getting a lot more Spanish than Coco, but even then, this one we weren't getting any really much Italian. It was a stupid though, like stif- different things, you know. Just simple I mean, shit you, you can get out of a Duolingo. I think yeah, unless like, unless you, I mean, you could probably, probably Disney Plus has the Italian version. Hopefully. Yeah, maybe watch that, especially for people who are of Italian descent or who have or who who have who still have like Italian ancestors living with them, or or they have you know their grandparents nonetheless if you have such a strong connection to italian culture like maybe watch this in in italian but like i'm sure they would feel that the same way like i'm trying to i'm trying to think in my personal life if i know if no i remember in high school i just had a really good italian friend who was connected to the culture but like i feel like them watching this they'll probably get a little semblance but i don't think it would have gave that same spark that it gave to like mexicanos with coco just how like authentic it definitely felt um, to capture that life and I think here they didn't do the best job of it and maybe it was like you mentioned maybe because they did have to work remote that could have the workarounds and like having to travel to Italy to do all that stuff yeah I think because with like, that kind I can of imagine part, that it being probably kind of, a, it kind a, of a, pretty much kind of 
Yeah, cause of course. With you know, with, with like with the with the pandemic was by car because you know mostly travel was restricted, so you couldn't go out. Yeah. So they had to like you know, like I said, the director had to share like things you know, buy some childhood memories from growing up in Italy, but they probably had to get some references you know from cultures from like images and stuff. But like I said, they could have traveled because you know when they probably went during the pre-production of the film, it was during the pandemic and they couldn't travel, so they couldn't get you know. But at the same time, like I said, I mean, the co- like I said, I love the architecture that we were able to use. But like to me, like to me, like I said, my big one of my gripes is you know, I mean, yeah, you get character development, but you don't get story development. Was I wish they would explain the guy deeper why, you know, Lucas' parents didn't want to go up there. You know, why sea monsters you know play a role in the town? Yeah, or, they never had. They never like would have been cool if they shared like a an experience they would have had back yeah. in their kid, like in their early. And like to me, like I said, with the Italian cultures, like yeah, we've seen they got, like they said they got the pasta they had it with pesto sauce. That was cool. Like that's one type of dish. But to me, it's like you know, we always see a few glimpses, and it's like. And you see all these people in the towns, like the only ones that you get familiar with, is just Erko and his and his buddies, and pretty much you know, you know Julia's parent, uh, Julia's dad, and that's it. And it's like you don't get interact with the other, like you always get, you always see very minimal interaction with like the other people in the town. Like there's no mayor or nothing like that. All he sees is the bully. Apparently, he runs the town or something. Mm-hmm. I know all the parents think he's a jerk, but. I think it, the only thing it is funny where he's entering the contest and he's trying to say, oh, I am 16, but he has a mustache, man. Come on. These guys, that's one more thing he's trying to prove, but he's still like the number one guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what? It was like, what? Like, what else you got to prove? You got your freaking best, but it's like, what else you got to prove? And it's funny how the company's just, it's a pasta company that's sponsoring the race. Yeah, it's like if, uh, yeah, if like fucking Buddy just started fucking, uh, Sponsoring these ra- like Chef Bardis started sponsoring these races, like Red Bull does with their with their like soapbox races. It's kind of fun though; those are great. But like, this, but like to yeah. me too. Like I said, I wish it would have done more with the Italian culture because I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it talked the the fun aspect of it. But I wish it would have like you know, like I said, I wish they would you know added more Italian language. You know, make it. I mean, there were some, but it was like pretty much the only thing that Alberto and and um and Luca learned was insults. Calling yeah. somebody stupid. How's it going, stupid? You know, it's like... That's it. Like, I wish, you know, they would have... Like, Julia would have shared more of the coaches. Like, yeah, she sure look at, you know, astronomy and all stuff with the stars and stuff and schooling and stuff. But I wish they would have, like, shared more of the Italian culture, like the music. And, like I said, the only thing they shared was pasta. But, I mean, there's more and to... And the And the Vespa. But there's more to it than just those two things. It's like a whole culture. Like, art, you know, music, you know... Like I said, and just people, you know. And like I said, to me, it's like if you had to compare this film to pick to Coco, I say Coco is kind of more superior to Luca. Oh, and and oh, in hindsight, because I'm not even biased. It's it's just the truth. Yeah, I just wish, like I said, I just wish there was more story development. Like you said, it's because, like I said, they had to do this during the pandemic. You know, their sources were limited because of travel. I just wish they wouldn't like, and I love, like I said, the character run was great, but like I said, it was to me, yeah, it's just, I wish, you know, there was better story development, but like I said, you know, based on the time they had and, you know, with doing the limited factor with the traveling and stuff because of the pandemic, you know, kind of, you know, kind of derailed, but overall, it's like, it was a good effort, you know, like I said, it's a good effort, it's a little bright spot, you know. 
you know, and then all Pixar's been like really upset that, you know, they've been doing these films and they're not being shown in theaters, but of course theaters are slowly opening. Yeah, and and that's I mean, yeah, they're upset because they want to get the most money out of their out of their product, and, and that's fine. no, because like I said, that Disney Plus probably not available as much everywhere. That's probably well. Wants... So I mean, dude, they just they want to get the most money out of their product, and frankly, ticket sales are a big thing for them because well, theaters only make their money on concessions. Yeah, and 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 they have to split up. They have to split a percentage. No, plus of the on availability sales. as well, because it's like yeah. Disney Plus is only here in the U.S. It's, where is it everywhere else? It's like, you know, then if it's only on the, on this, you know, how about the other markets? How are they yeah. going to see it? And they'll, and they'll get it later, but that's what I mean. Like, it's it's one of those to where... And I can only imagine once this comes out in Italy. Like, the, the, that's a, that's what I mean. Like, for, especially when it comes to these type of movies, you would, ho- you would hope that they would do their diligence when they release this into the international markets. Like, it's... I don't know, it... it and this is what I mean. Like, I maybe I'm just being too critical on this arts on arts things, but it's just because it's like when stuff like this, when you bring culture into it, you gotta do it. You gotta do it justice and yeah. do it solid and and give some respect when you look into why these things are important, especially when it comes to like human beings and their like regional cultures and all that shit. That's important. We're talking about. We're not talking about like subgroups. We're talking about big populations. Fucking, it's Italy. It's not like. And no offense to other countries, but it's not like we're doing this on, like, or even in the States. It's not like you're doing a regional thing, like a Pixar movie on Mississippi. No offense to people miss, living in Mississippi, but do you really think it's going to get, a, like, you're telling a story that represents a big part of, like, a region in a, in a country, using all that environment to build a story around it, and you would think that they would present a little more cultural, like, aspects to maybe help... Because I feel like they would have made a killing in the Italian market, knowing that. Like, I, I know Coco for a fact made a killing in Mexico. Like, you can... And that's why, I think, like you mentioned, it, making leaving Coco as the more superior product as far as using a region and a culture as, like, your main focal point in the story to give background to. You, like, that... I don't... Like, you shouldn't cut corners, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And with this one, yeah, do being with remote and stuff, but we're, these these are huge teams that are doing it. I'm, I'm, it's not your mom and pops thing. Like I used to give a little slack to these companies, but not anymore. Not when you're on so much. I mean, I do love the art. The art is yeah, great. the art. The, I can't the find nothing wrong with the art. I can't find nothing with the. No, I couldn't find nothing wrong with the art. Like it's I said, the skeleton of it. The skeleton. It's just of it like I said to me. It's just it just needed better store development. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the only thing to me. But like I said, the artwork was great. It's colorful. And like I said, it was cool when they did the transitions between, you know, their forms and the human forms. That was a really cool. I don't know how they were able to get that. Yeah, the animation was great. That, that's, but to that's me, like thing. I said, better store development, more culturally, you know, sensitive, you know, add more to the culture. If you want people like, you know, people that don't know much about Italian customers or, you know, they only know about the food, but, you know, they could have added more, like, the music or more, like, the culture and stuff. Like I said, I wish they would have delved into the whole why, you know, yeah, Lucas Pierce will tell them nothing about the surface, but just a better emphasis why, you know. Yeah, create more emphasis on the conflict that these, because they were so worried about it, and they never, they never once showed the, they showed the deep end at the, as the after credit, but, like, it was only this thing that was talked about once, and then Luca was afraid because they don't send me the deep. We get it, like as a as a child, we, you know our imaginations run, and like when you when you kind of 
threaten, I guess because his parents threatened him with sending him to the deep and he didn't want that at all. And, like, no kids would. So it's just, like, we didn't, we only got that as, like, the underlying threat to Luca. But more of the threat was his parents finding him as opposed to them, opposed to him getting to the deep. Because whenever once... Well, at least with the parents, at least they were still worried about him. At least they were, you know, concerned. Well, yeah, it's his parents. It's, it's pretty yeah, that's what I like. And like I said, we do see, like, in the credits, so, you know, you do see, like, what happens to them. Through the credits. With yeah. pictures and stuff. Which is kind of cool. So hopefully, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully it does, you know, get enough streaming. and hopefully We'll probably we'll... get a part two. It'd be kind of cool to see a part two. Won't. Yeah, and like I said, the characters probably be older. Probably just to see how they're doing and stuff now. And probably, you know, like I said. I kind of like for a fact, like I said. And of course, Alberto, you know, I wish they could have done more of his conflict with his dad. Like, what happened to his dad? But that, like I said, it, like, who knows? But... I, wanted, I wish it would have shown him, like, Tom more about him growing up and stuff, like he had a struggle and stuff. And, like I said, I just wish, like I said, it's all about starting about but I understand. It's like trying to focus on more on Luca, but sometimes, like, now you're split between three characters. I know it's kind of hard um, to develop a backstory with all three of them because their focus has kind of changed too much. Yeah. And that's what happens. That's why it's like, with, you know, anime, it's the same thing, you know. You had the main protagonist, but you had these side characters, but at least the anime and manga, like, they tried, you know, give a little bit of background to these characters and build the character development progress over time through each episode. But of course, just... with a film, it's kind of different because you have to try to fit that in the runtime and try to develop each character, try to give each character at least some equal story development. But like I said, I, like I said, that's the only thing it, to me, like I said, what I found was film. It's just story development. Like to me, it's just two things. Like I said, going back. And they're not, they're mutually, they're... They're not mutually exclusive either. That's what thing. So you said, can, yeah, it's you like can have a beautiful looking movie, movie, but it can. Yeah, I wish it was like I said, better story development overall, and pretty much you know more exclu- inclusivity of the culture itself that you're trying to portray on there on screen. Yeah, just do. But your, overall, your overall, love the film. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a it's a good summer film, I think, uh, for the kiddos. Um, one that they can, you know, they can spur their imagination with uh, the colors are nice like uh, the animation as a whole is, is definitely the spectacle here um i think it's very impressive they they never hold back when it comes to that they they just continue to push the bar and t- with animation technology today with film with animation films um yeah story it could have been better it was just a little too simple yeah like it, it was simple but effective but i just i expect more from a powerhouse like Pixar, Disney to do this type of shit. Like I don't, I that's like we can always give them. Oh, you know, with this and this, but I don't, I don't like that shit when it comes to this stuff. Because if you if you are the best in the business, you have to give us, you have to continue to give you the reasons why you are the best in the business. Like you say, you were right. It's like your big thing of wrestling. Uh, the other day, like sidebar wrestling, like, uh, a podcast guy I listened to, like he was making fun, uh, he was acting like he was Ric Flair because he was a big fan of Ric Flair growing up as a kid. And he was like cut, and he, like impersonating him in one of his promos, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody loved Ric Flair not only as a wrestler, but because his promos were top notch. And he always gave you promos every time. And he was always high energy. He was the Nature Boy. He was always high energy. You knew what you were gonna get, and he always gave you more just when you thought you seen it all. That's what Pixar does, and this is why we keep on calling two movies. I didn't see that much complaints at Soul like that, and Soul is an excellent movie, but it shows you that, right? They keep pushing. They tell these simple stories that we need reminders that, like, yes, people are different, but we need to we need to love those differences. We need to embrace those differences and learn about those differences, learn about cultures, love cultures, all this stuff. 
And that's what I love about Pixar. They do this in such a simple but effective way. It's just that that story has always been polished within these films. And then this one, it was just kind of like... Oh, that's why I said like those those sim- the similarities between Finding Nemo and this were it's 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 so transparent and, and I, it's not a problem. It's just that come on, guys. Like like you mentioned, if you're gonna you want that inclusivity with if you're gonna use culture as a vehicle for your plot, fucking drive the car, <laughs> like, drive <laughs> the car, get in the car if you're gonna use it. So it's just like it's like I compare this. To hip-hop, how a lot of people in the hip-hop community and all that stuff always get angry when different rappers come and use it as, like, a vehicle just for a quick cash grab and stuff and not really paying respect to the culture as a whole. And then they get angry and it's the same people, oh, we're just trying to get money, but no, it's, you know, understanding, man, there's a, like, yeah, you're using this as a way to get money, but you need to understand this is a culture and it, there's people who truly live and believe and breathe this stuff. And it's disrespectful when you come in and do this. And it's just like, what's the next, I'm over here with Pixar, what's the next culture they want to do now? What are we waiting for? Because like, we've we've seen so many, we've seen a lot coming in. I'm I'm interested, I would hope they do an Africa one, I think it would be awesome. Um, if If they did something in Africa or they did something like in the Middle East. I think Middle East would be really cool. That would be a cool um, one. Especially with their conflicts throughout the past four or five decades. But, like, I think the Middle East would be a, a, a beautiful story to tell because I think a lot of people remain in ignorance. And fortunately, a lot of these movies play a part in, I think, bridging that ignorance divide and helping tell stories, I think. And frankly, I love to see, uh, not bringing any racism into it, but I love to see little kids in different cultures, like, you know having their toy like the Miguel toy or you know what I mean like I love seeing that shit because it's like it's just I, I want to see that more with adults and why does it always got to be kids and so quick to embrace others so naturally and don't give a fuck they just want to know that you're cool and that you like toys and that you're nice but with adults it's like why can't we do the same thing um, mm-hmm. so Luca does a good job at that as far as presenting a, a very nice pa- paint a very nice palette, a nice canvas um, for a summer movie to get into. Um, let's. I just would hope they did more with the sea monster aspect too. Maybe they should. They could have gave us more ocean life before they jumped right into the human world. Yeah, I guess. Um, that guess yeah. that's a good way to my point about story development. Yeah, just development. Story development. Wasn't just like, there. like I said, just an explanation why. I mean, with with you know, like I said, with with Coco, it was like Miguel told the story why. Who he is? He gave you that whole backstory. They couldn't have Luca. Yeah, why it. family is important. Why? why the legacy of family is important. Like, no, but he tells you that. in the beginning like what his family went through. Yeah, very I mean, simple. He could have done fast. the same thing here. They could have Luca narrate or something, or you know, had Luca narrate why he's so curious. But the only, like I said, just going back, you just see him. He's just a goat fish herder, and yeah, because when Miguel, we had him, we had him, and we his we family, would have his thoughts in his head too. We we would be his voice in his head. We would hear. In him so like with Luca we could have maybe heard that or it could have been done a little differently to where it's like yeah we never I mean for a fish being out of water for the first time he, I mean he was scared but he wasn't extremely scared once he met Alberto because he was a fish too but like because he held his hand remember because they run into each other because of the yeah I think he found the harpoon but like yeah in the fish suit and the the suit, suit yeah the like, suit yeah 
from like the 1920s. But you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like little shit like that. We never, like once we got into his home, into Alberto's like highway thing, his little tower, yeah. Basically his home for the post part, his squat spot. Like so many relevances of like Italian culture we could have got right there. And all it was is just like him spinning around and then we got the Vespa. That's all we got. Which is fine. There should be a focal point, but it's just kind of like, like I said, well, I mean, they do listen to music shit. a little bit too. Because remember yeah. the, the record player. Yeah, so the they, record player. They, too. they listen to music. But a simple, bit. simple shit. It's just that like you would think it would build more onto the story, but like yeah, it was just like oh here's this. Oh don't forget we're in Italy. Here's that. Da 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 da. You're not in Italy anymore. You're just doing you're doing kid shit. You're following them. Then we're back in Italy with the fish stuff. Oh, sea monsters bad. We don't know why. How we really affected this town. It just makes. It's like oh, maybe that's just how they make their money. It's like we just. There's just a lot of assume um, assumptions you can make, and never uh, not a lot of stuff that's implied that you can kind of like. I'm not saying people are d- that dumb that they can't follow a story, but there are people. There remember, they have to remember there are kids watching this, so they do need to make it more simplified. I think that's probably. And why I think that's I what saying. they didn't. They didn't necessarily... They developed the story more because, like I said, it's more aimed towards kids. Yeah, they could have spent more time with that. Yeah, like I said, it's more... But overall, it's a it's a good film. Like I said, definitely something that you yeah. want to see with your kids. You know, when you have the weekend free, you can check, watch it at Town Disney Plus. So, um, what would you give it as this rating-wise? Ah, I'd give it I'd give it a six. Six? Yeah, it's not my favorite Pixar movie. It's not a terrible one by means. It's, it's good. We enjoyed it. I actually... Um, we made it a mission this week to watch it last or last this past week to watch it when it came out. Um, cause I was excited for it. Like I was excited for soul. I didn't watch it when it came out. I didn't watch it till a little later. Um, and I liked it. I like doing that with these Pixar movies cause I want to wait till the hype's done. Um, but with this one, I was, just, I was so, and I was so excited that they did another culture one and another regionally like specific one. Uh, even if Puerto Rosa is a, a fictional town, but like the way they model it, I'm sure it's f- from an Italian Mediterranean coast um, town. So like, I was excited for that, even with the previews and it being on the sea, the name Luca. I was like, oh, it's gonna be fucking cool. I'm not saying it wasn't. It was still a very interesting movie, but I'm gonna give it a six because of like, yeah, it's hard to not. It's hard to ignore those glaring points, plot holes, um, things that could have worked on. I think the the movie runtime was a little too long for what it could have been. Um, the way they built it, the race is pretty cool, but the race goes by so fast that yeah. it didn't for how it's for its importance in the plot and all that. It just was like Meh. so. It's just kind of like that's what I mean. Like I think the time that they did spend on was you know the building the friendships, all that stuff was important to the plot. Um, I just think that there, the balance was needed. There wasn't a, a right balance for me to where I can call it a very a very top notch successful Pixar film, rewatch it. I I'll probably rewatch it again. But yeah. I, it's not one of those to where like Coco was when I we had we watch it every year now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this one like if I was an Italian maybe, but like it's not the same. You see what I mean? Like you can build traditions around a Pixar movie and this I don't think this would be one that I would because of they could have taken something very significant in Italian culture and make something like ours is Day of the Dead. And that was such a flushed out story of family importance, him going the after. You know what I mean? Like, they spent such a. Fuck, we could. I don't want to talk about Coco too much. No, we already had an episode. Yeah, that but that's what I mean. Like, overall, 6 out of 10. Yeah. It's a good. It's, it's a good family movie. 
good, perfect movie for the summer for your kids um, or anybody who is a big Pixar fan. Great movie to start off your summer. Gives you those summer um, that summer mood, summer vibe. Uh, but if you're looking for a more fleshed out story, more regionally, culturally fleshed out um, pieces that are integral to the story and the environments, um, I would watch Coco for that. Uh, Luca has a little glimpse of it, but if you want more of that, um, you're going to find elsewhere. But overall, it's a good Pixar movie. All right. Uh, for me, uh, I pretty much will be generous, and I'll give it a seven. Yeah. Um, seven because, like I said, love the artwork, and the characters were great, um, and the music. I mean, the background music was great, but now I'm like the colors. Yeah, the music was good. And the colors of the artwork, and like I said, the characters, and the way how they, how they animate hair and stuff, it's like crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy, and even the dimples on the on Julia's face. The water, but, the ocean itself, the it's so real. Just the way they did with water, yeah. Um, like I said, I just wish the better story development. Like I said, more inclusivity of the culture itself. I mean, we get glimpses of it, but we don't get the whole thing. Um, but other than that, and like I said, the race kind of felt, you know, it was rushed. It didn't take its time, you know, to go through. I understand it's a race. I don't understand it's not... It's not a sprint. It's not a marathon. It's a sprint. You know, kind of like yeah. that. But overall, like I said, this is something that definitely you can check out with your kids. You know, in the weekend. So definitely, it's something that you know maybe I will rewatch again. You know, just get that glimpse of it, just to watch it again. But it's something that is rewatchable. So definitely check those out. Check Luca out. That's currently airing on Disney Plus. Um, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, we'll come back next week. We'll possibly with another like news centric episode. We just want to give you guys a review like we always did. It's been a while since we did a review on the film. So, thanks so much. You can follow us on socials at Pop Talking. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Talking Pop. You can check out our merch stuff on Spring. Just search for Talking Pop in the search bar. Um, we got tank tops and we just put up the new Biko and Fanchai shirts with the new designs around there as well. And the shirt featuring the new updated logo. We also have coffee mugs. We also have tank tops, which is kind of warm outside. And we got hoodies in case you get a little chilly, depending on where you are. Um, thank you so much um, for following us all these years. And send a big shout out to our international fans. Hope you guys are enjoying Euro right now. It's getting now we're on yeah. to the round of 16. Pretty great. So we'll see how that's coming up this weekend. So, like I said, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on. And take care.